Hey guys, welcome back to the Oligarchy Disruptor. This is Ashley, and of course we have Bennett here. What's up guys? Um, so sorry for the delay in posting. I've been in the middle of a move, so things have been a little crazy. Um, happy to be back though. Miss you, Bennett. I uh, miss you too, Ash. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Uh, we definitely miss our viewers as well. Um, we miss you guys a lot, uh, but we're working diligently um, on getting new content out for you guys. And we have a new episode coming out today. So very excited about that. Woohoo! Absolutely. Um, so if we wanted, I wanted to also mention uh, right after our little intro there and saying what's up to everybody. Um, uh, please, if you haven't done so already, uh, definitely do follow us on our social media pages. We are everywhere you can find us. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, we got it. We also have a, a website. Uh, you can follow us there uh, for articles, but you can find us at The Oligarchy Disruptor wherever you type that in. And now on to the episode itself. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, an overall look at how um, what's been going on with the government um, and their response to coronavirus and how they basically have been promising since the last stimulus bill that they passed um, a new uh, stimulus, a new round of stimulus checks that they've been promising, which it looks like every single um, uh, proposal that has come out of Congress has included that. So they have cut their promise there. But where they have lacked over and over again is actually meeting the the needs of the American people. One, their financial needs during this time of crisis. Two, their healthcare needs. Uh, everyone needs Medicare for all. Universal healthcare has to be guaranteed to everybody. And it's becoming increasingly apparent that they do not give a fuck. Uh, if it wasn't already uh, apparent to all you guys out there, um, that is a huge issue with that. So we're gonna be diving into that issue um, and going more into details of that. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and jump in. So uh, Ashley and I, before we were, uh, before we hopped on this episode, we were talking about how this, how Trump is kind of getting a little desperate uh, with some news that had just come out about how he wanted to use an executive order um, to get, uh, what was it, evictions, evictions done and payroll taxes. He mm -hmm. wanted to use uh, his executive powers to get that done. Um, but as we all know, that is done by Congress. Um, so I thought, I thought that was going to be a really interesting thing uh, to kind of see how it plays out because we know uh, as well that Congress is given the, the war powers, right? Uh, they, have, they have the power to declare war. Uh, and yet the president is usually the one uh, to be doing that as, uh, since uh, George W. Bush. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they relinquish their powers again, uh, to <laughs> the president to do that, um, which I don't think they will just because uh, I think that they're going to have a big problem with that. Uh, and the GOP has stood up to him, uh, especially with certain things like it's not necessarily Trump or Mitch McConnell or any of the top Republicans that are standing in the way of this bill moving forward. It's the majority of the GOP really. And the... The Democrats, I guess, because they won't concede to like getting 200 uh, people $200 a week instead of $600. Um, so that's kind of the conflict that they've been dealing back and forth with and weeks and weeks of discussions and daily meetings between uh, the top uh, White House advisors, um, uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, 
Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, they're all getting together, meeting every single day for weeks. And they have been doing this for weeks. And the senators are about to go home. Um, the House passed their thing almost right away. So they, the Republicans took forever to respond to it with their own bill, and it was complete shit. And now they have to negotiate for a new one. It looks like we're not being able to reach a crossroads. So interesting to see um, what, 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 what's your take on that or like any, any input on that? Yeah, I, I think that the, the threat of using executive action, I don't foresee. I, I think it's just Trump talking out of his butt like he normally does. I don't think that it's actually going to happen. Um, obviously, people want this stimulus bill passed. Um, it's going to benefit a lot of um, a lot of a lot of Americans. So I I think that Trump making that announcement was just kind of a desperate political grab. Um, you know, he just wants to seem like he is. Um, looking out for the for the little guy and really wanting this this money um, given dispersed amongst Americans um, when we all really know where this where the majority of this money is gonna go and it's to people who don't really need it to corporations who don't really need it um, so that's kind of how I feel about the executive order mm -hmm. how I feel about the stimulus is just I just it's just another day in the life of being a frustrated American waiting for Congress to do something. Um, I like what you said at the beginning about, you know, there are two major things that Americans need right now that Congress can, is continuously not um, putting forth any effort to, re to, to reconcile in these bills, which number one, I think, is healthcare. Um, they are giving some financial assistance great, but, um, and we'll talk more about this later too. I don't, it's not helping, it's not helping people as much as people think it is, the $600. Um, but healthcare, oh my gosh, if a worldwide pandemic does not give Congress a reason to grant universal healthcare, I mean, I am very scared of what will. <laughs> to me, that needs to be the first thing. And when we were talking earlier, it just seems like they keep placing band-aids on things instead of actually trying to fix the problem. You know, one of the scarier things to me is that like, even with all that, and we have a Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, who has said it time and time again, that even if Medicare for all was passed by Congress, both sides of Congress, he would not sign the bill because of costs. Um, and that's a huge problem. But so not only are they not fighting for it in Congress, but they're putting forth a presidential candidate who is not even for Medicare for all. And let's not remember when we watched all of those presidential um, nominee debates, Democratic debates, almost every single one of those people were for Medicare for all. How did we end up with a candidate that is against Medicare for all? Literally probably the only one that wasn't. It's mind blowing. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's just that just goes on to reinforce the the con or the idea that people have formulated in their heads about how how really similar Trump is to Joe Biden, mm -hmm. and how really similar like both parties are actually to each other. Um, mm -hmm. Coronavirus and this time period has opened the eyes of countless people throughout the world, uh, and especially in our own country. Um, 
but God, like uh, going back to the money part of the stimulus bill, like God forbid uh, that people made like $600 a month uh, on the back uh, from the government when they uh, give trillions of dollars to um, the corporations, corporations and, the banks. Yeah. Um, and even with the, the newest bill uh, that uh, the Senate came out with in response to uh, the newest uh, Democratic bill that came out of the House, they um, like the the comparison of funding between the two. The Democrats had like over three trillion dollars worth of funding for theirs, and the Republicans came out with, I believe, a little bit over one trillion dollars. So a drastic difference. Uh, they were offering two hundred dollars. The the Democrats were offering six hundred. Just giant giant differences between the two um but neither like i said neither meet the needs of the people mm -hmm. um even if they do get a little more funding with the democrats or whatever like you should understand that those are temporary exactly um, those are band-aids like you were just saying so that's something that we should all keep in mind when we're voting for these people in november um and how about health care costs what about people who are paying out of pocket for some of these healthcare costs or who are being billed for these healthcare costs? I know now it's, it's not easy to get a free COVID test. Uh, it's cost $150. That's a lot of money. How many people are not getting tested just strictly because that's their food, food for the month. That's their, you know, um, so that's, that's kind of concerning too. In the middle of a pandemic, you would want as many people, um, Feel, feel ill to be able to get that test so that you can protect the rest of uh, the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. um, but that kind of reminds me of like how the president has made a big deal about the tests uh, in recent days and blames uh, the, um, the meteoric rise of uh, the U.S. in the coronavirus charts, the death charge at least, uh, and the um, the uh, actual contagious parts. Uh, we have skyrocketed there. And the president blames that on the amount of testing that we do because we do great, the best testing in the world. We have the greatest testing in the world. And because of that, uh, because of our great, fantastic testing system that we have in the United States, uh, that makes us look really bad because no one else is testing their people. Uh, and at least that's what the president wants you to believe, right? And he uh, says this after closing, thousands of centers, labs, labs testing for it and centers to get tested. Hey, that's really funny. And then he also wants the schools to be open, but, but he doesn't want you to vote in November because it's a, there's a pandemic going on and we don't know if that's safe or anything like that. And God um, forbid when it was Super mail. Tuesday, when it was Super Tuesday and the midst of pandemic, the Democrats and the Republicans are both saying, go out, make sure your vote is counted. Um, very few people like Bernie Sanders were telling, were telling people to stay home, vote by mail. The president himself voted by mail and is yet denying everybody else. So it's very interesting. He's gonna, and he claims that the reason why he's not gonna do that is because of fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, possible fraud. Uh, he said that this, the states are gonna cheat, that no one, this has never really happened before. And he's right about that. This really hasn't happened before. Yeah. But I mean, you're not, are you going to prefer the lives of your people, of your constituents, over uh, over people showing up to show a more reliable vote? Didn't the reliable votes that people actually show up in November uh, when you were elected president 
2016. Didn't you also say that uh, 3 million illegal votes were ca uh, cast outside of, uh, what was it, California? Oh yeah, he was blaming the California voter, illegal voters uh, in California for voting uh, 3 million outside of that. So uh, it, he's just an extreme hypocrite. If you guys just don't see this, you're not paying attention or you're biased. And you know, the, the thing is, is at any, at any election after this past election, people are always going to say something about election fraud. Um, so, I mean, whatever. And I, I think I just read an article where Nancy Pelosi was saying that mail-in voting was going to be a takeover by Republicans and going to be the largest Republican election fraud in history or something like that. So people are saying it on both sides. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I also wanted to kind of pivot to the topic of the progressives uh, that have won uh, in yeah. recent days, right? Uh, so that was big news for the left um, when it comes to that. Pra uh, Pramila Jayapal, uh, she won her primary. Um, who else won? Rashida Tlaib won uh, mm -hmm. her primary, mm -hmm. uh, one of the squad. Alex of the squad is also growing bigger. Uh, Paula Jean Swearingen uh, won the Senate in West Virginia. Um, which is a great win, West Virginia. That's a really great win. Yeah, uh, as well as uh, Cori Bush in Minnesota, I believe, who believed uh, she defeated a 10-term incumbent and his father was the one before him, which was there for like forever. Um, so th that was a pretty incredible upset as well. Um, but something that I wanted to talk about and fixate on this specifically um, on top of, well, first off, I wanted to mention it. Congratulations to them all. It's fantastic wins. I think they're going to do amazing things in Congress. Um, now, uh, now that I've said that, I want to mention that uh, it really, at least this is my opinion, it really won't matter how <laughs> many progressives we elect and how left they really are unless we get rid of the neoliberals like Nancy Pelosi, like the Chuck Schumers, uh, like Mitch McConnell, like all those motherfuckers we didn't, like they are terrible, terrible. They are what's causing this, you know? Nancy Pelosi is the one standing in the, in, in the way of us and UBI, uh, permanent UBI. Nancy Pelosi is doing that. Nancy Pelosi is also uh, in the way of us getting our universal health care. She's in yeah. the way of, um, like I said, the UBI too. Like there, countless things that they keep giving um, Trump to go to war. Uh, they keep giving Trump money to go to war. That's what I meant to say. My bad. Um, but yeah, so like countless things. They're just hypocrites, and they just keep the system going. The status quo is while the Democrats, other Republicans are in power, the status quo is well, uh, well in place. Yeah. And the status quo, it seems, has no response, uh, no, no feasible response to uh, instances like the ones we're going through, events like the ones that we're, we're living through right now. And it's mm -hmm. becoming incredibly apparent, uh, which is why like um, uh, hashtag Marxism, hashtag socialism is all trending in like the tens of thousands uh in the recent uh, days and weeks on uh, social media uh, especially on like twitter and stuff you guys have been paying attention to that people are looking for alternatives because the system is failing the system is not providing for its citizens the government is failing us 
it's just an all-around failure. And if you're a millennial, I was reading about this the other day. If you're a millennial, you have been fucked countless times. You got fucked in like the 90s. You got fucked uh, in 2008 when you're coming out of college or when uh, you were going yes. yeah, uh, into college. Yeah, into college, 2008, uh, 2020, uh, you got hit again. Um, so like we got fucked when we left college <laughs> after spending all of this money on education. Yeah. Uh, so like, are these people really wrong to look for an alternative? I don't think so. Um, and I think this is a great way to kind of mention our future episode, um, which we were going to do today, but we're going to kind of postpone. Uh, but this kind of makes you remind me of like the topic of worker cooperatives. And that's going to be uh, something that we're going to talk about on our next episode. Uh, but to me, it's become a blueprint for the future uh, of how capitalism can be and work more efficiently. If you want, if you guys, uh, if it interests you, go uh, go ahead. I discovered it um, from Dr. Richard Wolf, um, or yeah, Professor uh, Richard Wolf, who is a, a Marxist economist, um, who uh, has tons of YouTube videos. I definitely recommend him and uh, his work out there. So um, I don't want to yeah, get too much away other than that. Uh, but yeah. It, I think it's a great way for uh, the majority of the people, working people, uh, to change the situations for the better. Um, and, and to have a say in the decisions for the future. Absolutely. And, and more than anything, I, I, it, it's plausible. Like this is possible. Not only possible, but it's being done as we speak in Spain and around the world. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but. Um, <laughs> Um, anything else that you wanted to mention before we go ahead and wrap up this episode? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Just All like right. us on our social medias. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, damn. I forgot <laughs> to mention that earlier. Uh, yeah. So definitely follow us on our social medias, guys. Uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, Twitter. we have a website, type us in the oligarchy disruptor, and, uh, you'll be able to find us anywhere. So with that, we'll wrap up here. Thank you guys again so much for tuning into this episode and we'll catch you in the next one. See you guys. See you guys.